Hi everyone, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in the following podcast belong solely to the host and its contributors. They are not necessarily the views of our employers, organizations, committees, or other group or individual. I'm David Campbell. And I'm Joseph Whitney. This is Brewing with BIM. Where we talk about construction processes, technology, BIM, and beer. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Brewing with BIM. I'm Joe Whitney, and with me is Dave Campbell. What's up, Dave? Oh, not much, Joe. Another beautiful night. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. Doing well. Uh, well, probably not as well as you. You sent me some pictures. Uh, you just got back from the distillery. What you got? Oh, dude, yeah. I'm so excited about this. I uh, So I did a flight of whiskey today. We went up to was uh, Twin Maple Orchards in Three Rivers, um, Michigan, and went there, picked some cherries, uh, went over to Dryer's Butcher Shop, which is awesome place. Um, and right down the road from there is the Journeyman Distillery. So I picked up a bottle of the Last Feather Rye. Dude, I tell you what, I did one of my first like whiskey flights, and then I sat there and just kind of, you know, you read the description of it, and you're looking over them, you smell it a little bit, and you're like, oh, okay. And then you, then you kind of, you know, taste it, let it sit on your palate, and of, of course, observe it, like reading the card, like, ah, there's the banana. I got to try, uh, like, what was it, four different whiskeys, actually five, five different whiskeys. And out of uh, all five of them, this one was my favorite by far. Like, well, not by far. I'd say, uh, what was it? Uh, it was corsets, whips, and whiskey. Corsets, whips, and whiskey. I think that's what it was. Dude, sex and candy. What was that what you drank <laughs> yeah. last time? Sex yeah, and sex and candy. Years. Sex oh, and candy. Man. You're all yeah, about that. Good. Stuff. All about it. All about it. But man, that one. Uh, it's funny the taste. It was like toffee, caramel, vanilla. And then all heat, just just all heat right after that. It burned in the mouth and all the way down. It was like, whoo. Oh, man. That sounds good, dude. I've, I've had some bottles like that. Uh, I think you – I've probably let you try my favorite before. Have you had Whistle Pig yet? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Whistle Pig was eating through the cup, man. Whistle Pig was eating through the cup. I had to drink that stuff so fast. So <laughs> then good, you man. And, you and Paul laughed at me because I took it, and I was like, oh, okay. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, it's – starting to go so i just took it like whoo that's whoo, that's good stuff though it is 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 great man um the rye it's my favorite well um next time well not next time when you get back to portland uh-huh. make sure you head over to um multnomah whiskey library oh that's a it's a essentially looks like a library full of whiskey it's on every yeah. wall man it's awesome oh, that dude. sounds yeah. amazing yeah I went I to one at, uh, what was it, in Portland? Was it Kennedy School? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah Kennedy School. School, the little uh, cigar room? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, they got a whiskey bar in there. They got, like, Japanese whiskey and a bunch of different yeah. other types. Yeah, really good. Oh, actually, uh, this Centauri week I was... and stuff. Yeah, good stuff, man. Yeah, yeah, heck yeah, dude. This week, I, um, I, I talked about it last week, so I'm going to be double fisting. But I, I got a liney summer shandy, man, because it was so hot here in Indiana. The humidity is real. Oh, I'm, I'm feeling it, man. I, I was debating on doing this uh, outside on my uh, deck, and I was like instantly, this is a bad idea. Yeah. Come down, let's come back down to the air-conditioned basement and, and do this in here. Um, uh, the the shandies are good, though, man. I'm, I'm a big fan. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's uh, one of day drinking's finest. But uh, what are you sipping on? Well, real quick, man. What are you drinking first? Isn't there a beer before liquor never sicker? Liquor before yeah. beer, you're in the clear. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Gotta gotta pace it out right or something. <laughs> or at least drink some water in between, man. Right. There you go. Um, so I've got an assortment. I went, uh, to the grocery store earlier and, um, I got the new Belgium mix pack. Um, there's two in here that I haven't had before, so I wanted to give them a try. Uh, I probably drank this before on the podcast. I'm not sure. We got to get like a running tally of what we've had. This is the Citradella Tangerine IPA. I'm a big fan of this one. Um, Tangerine's you know, it comes through more of the bitter than the sweet, which I prefer when I get the fruits. Uh, this is a, a juicy, hazy IPA, um, you know, jumping on that hazy IPA train. Yeah. Um, this one I haven't had before. It's the Mothership Wheat or Wit. It's wheat, but um, I haven't had this one before. Uh, and then this one is another one I haven't had before, the Sparkling Lime Lager. It's like a... Um, I don't know. Kind of reminds me of a, a White Claw or something, you know? It's on that yeah. line. Hey, uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of people give me flack for it, but I tell you what, when you're floating down a river and the sun's beating on you and you're floating down for like four hours, those White Claws are amazing. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> I'm, I, uh, we head up uh, Rochester at least once a month, hang out with the family up there. Uh, my sister-in-law and brother-in-law, they have a fridge stocked full of beer. They're they're awesome. I love them for this. Uh, but they drink a lot of White Claw uh, more yeah. than anything. So I, every now and then I find myself reaching for them. They're not bad. I enjoy them. They're, no. they're light. They're refreshing. Um, you know, when you want a break from a, you know something a little heavy like an IPA or something, mm-hmm. yep, it's a good way yep. to go. Yeah. yeah, it's a good way to keep drinking, right? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man, uh, one other thing while we're talking about alcohol that I wanted to chat with about um, – so uh, a buddy of mine, uh, Rob Sinclair, he did the Dynamo mm-hmm. presentation with us. Uh, you know, I, I'd heard of, uh, I'm going to butcher the name. I think it's Taver. It's like flavor, but with a T. Uh, it's an FL, Taver. Um, uh, you can order beer, like, you know, high dollar beers, like really nice beers. They're, you know, they're expensive. It's like, you know, 10 bucks a beer. Yeah. Uh, but they're like premium beers. Um, I like initially wrote them off because when I looked at their website, uh, it had like, or on their app when you have to sign up, it's, it has like four beers on it. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to spend this much money on four beers plus still spend $15 on shipping. Yeah. They gave me a complete rundown on everything. Uh, they've got a pretty cool thing going. You get like beers of the month type thing and like they'll ship you this whole thing. Yeah, it adds up. It ends up, like I said, being like 10 bucks a beer. But I, we're not talking like beers like this. We're talking, you know, oh, you know nice guys. bottles yeah. of sours and all kinds of cool stuff. So uh, definitely worth worth looking into i think one of them he said was like a 50 dollar bottle or something like that um but it was, wait, that's pretty awesome wait, so is it a beer subscription yeah it's a beer it's subscription. a beer subscription yeah yes. it's pretty awesome all right for craft beer man like that's amazing yeah yeah, yeah i'm gonna have to check that out Tavern yeah. or tab it's like Tavern. flavor so spell the same way f-l-a-v-o-u-r so like flavor mm-hmm. like the yep, english yep. way but with a t at the end or t at the beginning instead of an f-l Okay. T A D O U R. Okay. But uh, yeah, pretty cool, man. So shout out to uh, Rob for getting me that info. Um, I know he's getting a supply in soon, so uh, maybe I'll trade him once I get my beer going for, for some of his. <laughs> yeah, um, man. I uh, recorded a bunch of videos. I've 
probably going to put them up this weekend. Um, got my whole setup ready. I'm done. Everything's ready. Yeah. The only thing I have left to do is uh, put together a keg, but you know the kegs are here the, yeah man everything's here i just gotta connect all the nozzles and you know clean them out pressurize it all that stuff yep yep but uh so originally i went with the five gallon corny, corny kick i was saying about you know big big boy uh skinny one uh but i was thinking about i was like man damn it i want to be able to switch them out so i've got this refrigerator upstairs moving downstairs mm-hmm. got two taps i'm gonna you know make a kegerator out of yeah, it yeah dude there you go and I opted for some 2.5 or 2.6 gallon, like the 10 liters uh-huh. uh, kegs. So I got two of those. So that way I can just switch them out like every every two weeks, brew a new beer and uh, call it good, man. Heck yeah, dude. Yeah. Heck yeah. Looking forward to it, man. It'll be fun times. And uh, I'm going to be brewing this weekend. I'm going to record yes. it. It'll be on our website. Heck yeah. You know, I thought uh, I thought about something today while I was in the distillery. You know, I took a few pictures. I definitely want to post those up on our forum as well. Um, like just pictures of the journeyman distillery that I got. Um, but it's actually pretty cool. I thought about, man, we could actually do, um, like a write up of where we go, like the places that we go, if we do travel, maybe that maybe not so much during COVID times. Right. But if, if, when we do travel, if we can stop by a good distillery or a brewery or something, maybe we do a nice write up about it and, you know, take some pictures and put it on there. Well, I don't know about you, man, but, uh, I've got two face-to-faces next week, which is weird. It's my first face-to-faces in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just got requests from people that I'd be start traveling again in October. So oh. I don't know, man. We'll see what's going on. Yeah, uh, yeah. we'll see. We'll I, see. You know, if, if the world is uh, not on fire then, uh, maybe I'll start traveling again. It'd be nice. Yeah. Get some, get some uh, regional beers again. Uh, although I'm having fun exploring my my area, I got a complete list. Again, Rob from uh, CEC gave me a total rundown of all the beers in places that I have been missing that I didn't yeah. even know existed in my neighborhood. It was awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Always, always fun to find new places to go. Oh yeah, yeah, man. I'm, I'm down. Dude, I, I just can't do the two ears on. It feels like I'm <laughs> gonna be funny looking with this. I know my work. Uh, I've got these. Uh, for work, I've got these planetronic ones that i use every now and then because it's uh-huh. just a single ear love those but uh and these are nice and comfortable the audio is great but i uh, can't do it man disconnects you it does it it, it it does um i think about it when i use my airpods i actually only use the right one most of the time it's only when i'm in a serious conversation that i need to put both of them in because i want to disconnect from the rest of the world when you're yelling at people for doing stuff wrong damn it Laying down the hammer. I know how you do, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What are you doing? We do not WWE in the living room. (laughs) Oh, dude. Funny story. Right. Right. Funny story. A little bit ago, um, as I was coming downstairs, I grabbed my beers and uh, I go to walk out in the living room. And we're at my mom's house. And Gabe's on the couch watching TV with Michael. And they had the volume a little low, so we couldn't hear it in the kitchen where we were, where I, I got the beer. And uh, as Adrian and I go walking towards the living room, um, we look at the TV, and dude is watching Bob's Burgers. And I'm like, oh, no. And, of course, Adrian, my wife, starts freaking out, like, what are you doing? Why are you watching that? Gabe's over there like, oh, no, I'm in trouble <laughs> trying to change the channel. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't help but just kind of laugh a little bit. I'm like, it is a good show, though. <laughs> it is. A little inappropriate for kids. It's though. very inappropriate, but it is a good show. Yeah. yeah. You know what show I'm hooked on now, man? 
Have you watched Kingdom on Netflix with Frank Grillo and no, it's got one of the Jonas Brothers in it, dude? Dude, it's all about like you know fighting UFC stuff. Frank Grillo's a badass. It's awesome. Yeah? It's a good show, man. Okay. Check it out. Kingdom. Okay. Kingdom. Yeah, I was looking at it because you know it said Kingdom, and I'm all about like the medieval Uhtred Ragnar, you know, Ragnarsson, you know, Viking oh, yeah. type stuff. I was like, oh, I'll check this out. Yeah. It was UFC fighting, and I was like, okay, yeah, this is awesome, man. This is cool. Definitely Heck, not. Yeah. Not kid friendly. So much no. nudity, so much you know, <laughs> not kid friendly. Usually, usually in those movies. Yeah. Oh god. It's a TV Go. show. It's awesome. Oh, TV show. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Okay. Well, uh, shit, man. Uh, we're ten, twelve minutes in now. Mm-hmm. We haven't talked about what's going on. Not yet. Nope. Tangents full. Tangents full. Um, have you heard about this thing that's going on? It's called COVID. Oh. Hmm. Oh, if nope. you haven't heard of it, it's not important. Um, anyways, today we're <laughs> I'm just messing. Uh, today, guys, we're gonna be chatting about uh, a few different things near and dear to our hearts. Uh, so, David, you had developed this presentation for um, XCon. XCon got canceled, obviously. Yep. Um, and it was really kind of a cool conversation to have. Uh, Site logistics and Bin 360, or uh, Bin 360. Bluebeam. Bluebeam, the other yeah. B man, right? The other B, yes, sir. Yeah, it was a it was an interesting thought process, you know, being able to uh, take a site plan or get the site logistics of the construction site, obviously, and, and kind of track it using a PDF. You know, it's still I want to say a little disconnected because it is a PDF, right? Um, but at the same time, if you're getting them um, daily, you know, or let's say weekly, biweekly, at least it keeps you kind of there. It keeps you updated, right? Yeah. And the thought process I had for the presentation was let's take these markups that we use and, and let's take it, like I said, a step further and use it for site planning. Like why can't we um, scale out these different measurements or these different tools and say, this is a crane, you know, and I know where this crane's going to go, or I know where um, I, I need two by fours or metal studs or anchor bolts, or let's say, um, Actually, material you know, deliveries and yeah dude well you can get really deep with it in, in terms of recognizing symbols inside of your models and tracking those um in terms of like let's say valves or pipes different types of and anything that can can arrive on the site or um tracking the actual not just installation of it but the delivery of it right using statuses so if i set a status as to you know in transit or let's say i connect them through a studio session to the manufacturer and we have the documents, we have everything. They let us know, hey, these materials have, have, have gone out. We can actually track that in a centralized document. And at that point, anyone that has access to that document can see that status change. And they know it's, and they can actually put a color to it if they wanted to, to reflect a visual change with it. Um, a lot of different things, you know, even with just taking in the paperwork of it and having everything together in one centralized area. So, again, everybody has access to that document or to seeing that it's leaving and when it arrives on site, where it goes. It's an awesome process. Yeah. Um, I think it feeds into a lot of bigger overall processes as we talk about master schedules and pull planning to go along with um, the site logistics, right? You know, who's going to be on site here at what you know, what are they going to be doing? What do they need? You know, what 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 dependencies do they have in order yeah. to get their job done? And if they, you know, are delayed, what else gets delayed? How does it affect schedules? Like all that stuff kind of goes hand in hand and they do become disconnected. But uh, I was sitting there thinking about this earlier. I was like, well, 
there's got to be something you can do, especially as we talk about markups and the columns and kicking yep. out to um, uh, um, uh, Excel. Excel, yeah, like figuring stuff out that way. Because yeah. uh, a lot of times we're doing this stuff in Excel, Smartsheets, Project. Yep. More often than that, it starts in uh, Primavera P6, but kind of lives and dies there, right? We might actually yeah. kick it down, but we'll do our poll planning, our micro scheduling, all that sort of stuff uh, at a more um, uh, local scale, if you will. It's not, yeah, it's not a little granular dependent. level. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and, but how do you communicate that with everybody? You know, internally we you do standardize. That's what oh, we got to do. Hell yeah. You got to standardize, man. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like think about it though. You've got subcontractors. If you're the GC, you have subcontractors, uh, that you update daily on things that are changing in the project. They have to know what's going on uh, so that they can, you know, schedule and plan accordingly. This all feeds back to um, other things, you know, uh, yep. advanced work packages and uh, coordination, procurement, everything. procurement, everything. It, it feeds all in. All of it. it does. But you can you can visualize this with a PDF, and so you can have standardized markups to do all this stuff uh, for each thing, you know, rather than having stickies on a board. And then you can also have your, your uh, DWGs or well, PDFs at that point, but your sheets, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, so you could have this kind of overlaying on your sheets to let people know where they're going to be or what they're doing well, and have all this information. But dude, yeah, you can dude. plus this out in so many different ways. It'd be awesome. Heck yeah, man. Honestly, there's so many different ways that you can do it. You can include all of the information there, even locally into a PDF, tying it together either through hyperlinks or file attachments, putting the spec sheets in there, um, putting any details that they might need to access, any, um, let's say, a, a, a specific engineering package that they want to reference or um, discipline-specific package they want to reference. Dude, all of that data can be stored either internally with a project or locally with a PDF, right? Yeah. And I mean, just being able to host that data again and make it available to anyone else. Yeah, that's, that's dude, that's the dream, man. So, um, you know, the hyperlinks are freaking golden, dude. That's they That are. makes life so much easier. If you're going to do a session, though, um, only 2D cool? and 3D PDFs. I know. Listen to this. Wouldn't it be cool with, to do a session, um, kind of make your sticky notes, if you will, um, for the trades yeah. um, and, and have tasks and all that stuff, but have them hosted in a session so that you can just live update them and people will know what's going on. You can notify them, you know, hey, look, actually, Tom's, Tom's Electric's going to delay uh, this part so drywall can't come in for two days later, automatically yep. update, um, get yep. notifications, and then you take it one step further and you actually move the, you know, Joe's drywall out. Oh, Joe's drywall, actually, you know, it doesn't actually delay the next step, but it all feeds in, so we'll just push that out. works out great. And then it's a live session, though. Joe says, look, man, my guys can't be on site that day. Actually, they'll be in uh, Tuesday morning, so give us, a, you know, an extra 12 hours. We'll be there. Get it yep. done. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, it's not going to take this long. It's actually going to take half as much. We got this. Yep. And, then, and then it's all updated. It's in the cloud. It's in a session. Everybody's... Yep collaborating off once uh what's your thought on doing something like that oh definitely doable i would think i mean i would be using some types of forms um uh, most likely as pdf documents and um oh what yeah I would, 
you need yeah. a, you need to have the record, if you will. Of- yes, yes. Well, even the record you're going to have it with the uh, session in general because there's a chat bar, right? There's a chat bar. There's statuses, things like that. A bunch of people can set so it's- many different things. Even as updates, if you get the contractor involved in the specific session, if they place a markup saying we're running late, or they set a status saying we're running late, you know, you can track it just in Bluebeam. But if you take it um, a little bit further into the document. Yeah, you can take it through forms and things like that that update different uh, columns or might track different information from those text boxes or choices that they make. Awesome, man. Yeah. Let's get into yeah. I like it. Yeah, dude. I was thinking about it actually while we were talking about that um, hyperlinking, updating. So if we can have somebody in the office, if maybe the field personnel are disconnected at that point, you have somebody at the office um, as a central point, right, updating this information for different projects. What I would do is I would house all the information locally in a project first, so that way you can host all your contract documents, all your specs, um, have a centralized area to post DWGs, RVTs, text files, what have you, right? And then push those out into sessions for the field personnel. And then you can host the documentation that might need to go into that session. It's already connected, right, to a session with those specific personnel. You can push new data, new forms, anything like that out there, and then actually pull that data back into the project. And then everyone there can can see it as well. But um, I think being able to track it in real time, you just have someone that, of course, makes that communication. If you have a session document, the office personnel can get into that session document excuse me, beer's kicking in, update, update it, and then um, really just anybody, I, like you said, in the field would be able to visualize it, like see it. Now, yeah. let, that's also assuming that they do have a wireless connection. If they don't have a wireless connection, they could take the documents offline, go to the field, fill them out, do what they need, and then when they get back to uh, wherever they have wireless, they can kick it back up. Well, that's an issue, though, with everything. So if we look yeah. at, like, Last Planner, My Planner, Bin 360 Plan, whatever – um, you're only as good. You only have as update, up to date uh, information as you have uh, available connection, right? So yeah. You know what I want to say connection. to that though. What's that? Most of these companies, if that's one of your biggest like barriers, uh, let's look into getting cell phones with some hotspots, right? Yeah. Most of the time, I can run my computer from anywhere and with a hotspot. Except for your mom's house. <laughs> yeah, my mom's house in the basement. I feel like Will Ferrell down here. Ma! Meatloaf. <laughs> oh man. Uh, wedding Crashers, right? Yeah. 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 Took me a second. Yes. <laughs> I love that movie. That's a good movie. Um, yeah, man, I, I hear you. And a lot of these these companies, they, it, I mean, it depends on where the project is, right? If we're talking middle of nowhere data center that, yeah, you know, is secluded from everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Probably not gonna get any signal. None. Zero. Yeah, well, not till they build the data center, and then you can get on their Wi-Fi, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, it's too secure. Um, anyways, the the work package stuff uh, kind of feeds into this too, because we were talking about like iConstruct and what they're doing. Um, we got you know some good friends over there, Rob Gadbaugh's team. They do amazing stuff on the development side. They got the integration of Revit, so they're doing some stuff now with BIM 360. Um, cool, cool things coming with iConstruct, but Anyways, I wanted to chat about this also because it kind of feeds into that conversation as we're talking about coordinating everybody on sites, we're talking about site logistics, we're talking about uh, streamlining complex projects, projects, kind of goes together hand in hand, don't you think? 
Oh, definitely. All of it goes together. I mean, the sooner that we get involved in that process and get a streamlined process in, in terms of um, when we go handoff in between the different phases, I think it would be awesome. We're so much simpler and, and a smoother experience and a better experience for everyone involved. Yeah, I feel like this AWP uh, bandwagon, though, is it's I don't know if you've ever had to deal with like the lean construction, the yep. project management. It's like so rigid and formal, like mm-hmm. you have to do it this way to beat this. And then this is what come next. And then you have this champion and this champion has to get these like it's like a a methodology. Like, yep, it's, yep. It's so like detailed. And I mean, it is for a reason, right? We're talking you yeah. know, $100 million projects, you know, billion dollar projects, whatever. They're complex as hell. You know, they're, they're, we're talking serious money, so let's let's uh, figure it out. But uh, that said, like having the right tools that are not only able to streamline stuff to a certain way, but also do it in such a way that makes life easy to where yep. you're not like having to be the rigid guy and doing all – I don't know, man. makes life easier. So um, I just wanted to – we're not going to go too much into the iConstruct side of things because I want to have Rob on another podcast, hopefully next week. Heck yeah. But, uh, uh, I know you've got uh, access to iConstruct, and uh, just got to get it going, man. You I know, dude. Going. I know. I got that new computer. I need to, I need to download it and start playing with it, seeing what it does. Well, the fact that you can create IFCs uh, out of Navisworks. Um, oh, that's pretty models, impressive. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's the game changer, right? You know, another one I've been really wanting to play with. Um, I mean, I had some time in it, but it's been a few months, and that was Assemble. I've yeah. heard they've been making some good changes in there. I mean, Assemble, when I was playing with it, was was pretty cool. But I've, I've been hearing they've been making some nice changes to it. Well, I'm very happy with Assemble right now because I think we can sell it now. Ooh, buddy. Hold on. I'm uh, checking something real quick to make sure I didn't lie. I do that sometimes, you know. Don't quote us on statistics, folks. Don't quote me on anything. <laughs> get a t-shirt that says that one of these days don't quote me on statistics i'm out of the brewing with bim logo on it <laughs> there you go first Boom, t-shirt, first shirt done mm-hmm. oh. gosh those things go down so good okay i didn't lie i'm good um just want to make sure uh, I do that sometimes, right? Uh, the the uh, merchandise stuff, though, is something we need to get going. I told you how many listeners we have, and uh, we don't do sponsorships outside of whatever Anchor throws on our thing. We don't make any money on that. Um, we don't have any merchandise just yet, but we've got an amazing following, so thank you guys for tuning in. But uh, there's another podcast that's kind of similar to ours that does do sponsors. And I've been approached by sponsors. I just uh, I always thought, hey, man, I wanted to keep this agnostic. You know, you and I are, already got our own bias to what we're familiar with. We let people yeah. come on and talk about all kinds of different things. That's fine. But um, uh, we stay in our wheelhouse. You know, we try not to venture out too far. Yeah. But uh, I don't know, man. Might be something worth considering in the future. You know, you guys. I think I'm down. I think I'm down. But yeah. you know what? Why don't they let's let us know? Let's I mean, yeah, yeah, you guys give us a shout out and let us know if we should do sponsors or run out, man. We're it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah I know. think our, our only expense at this point is what a, a website hosting. Yeah. Um, that's it. Not a big deal. Yeah. Some headsets. 
We uh, we did buy various microphones, and then we realized that these sounded way better. Yeah, yeah. The microphones are really hard. Like, I wanted to be cool like everybody I see on YouTube and stuff, and they have those old school, you know, you have like. To sit right here. Yeah, pop- dude. It's There's like has a screen over the front of it so you don't I'm, spit on it. I'm an ADD <laughs> person. I want to move around, adjust myself, and can't do that. Yeah. So. No. Uh, but that said, man, I think uh, my next headset's only going to have one ear on it. Yeah, that's a good idea. I think my next ones would be a little bit smaller. I'm not, I'm pretty cool with these. They uh they're they're comfortable, right? Yeah. yeah well, your your uh, AirPods actually have a really nice sound too. Yeah, I like the AirPods. This was an amazing buy, honestly. Costco buy, so I got them on sale. Yes. Costco, you owe us. We just gave you this much. And Apple, you I know you guys need the money. <laughs> just sponsored you guys. <laughs> yes. Give us some AirPods or some alcohol. <laughs> hey man, uh, can't can't argue with Kirkland's uh, alcohol selection, dude. Oh, I cannot. Kirkland brand uh, uh, liquor. Oh yeah, dude. They're Costco. premium margaritas. Oh, I'm on it. <laughs> <laughs> cool man. Um, so um, going back to the Bluebeam site logistics, though, what was your whole big thing? I mean, you were going to be up on stage for what an hour, you know? Yeah. So really what I was planning on doing is um, really just walking through the process of it. Like I wanted to have a conversation like it was going to be a discussion at, at some point to say, OK, where, what are our pain points of site logistics? What are, what are, you, what are you seeing? Like, of course, we know like um, pack, people, packages, I want to say, arriving, not arriving on time or different things arriving and already being in a, in a um, not marked. So it's an incorrect position. Yeah. And then. People are going different places and they're spent. They're wasting time, right? And it's it's hard to track what's where in a construction project, and then even harder to track what's installed and what's not. You know, we have people that walk through um, at the end of the day, most of the time, or every other day, what have you, to kind of do punch listing, right, or, or checklists, and say, okay, Back this has been done. Stuff, yeah. yeah, dude. Okay, this is done. This is done. This is done. Um, but a lot of times, I. I that we have human error, but I mean, there are some really awesome people out there that do amazing work, of course. Um, but nobody catches everything I want to say for one. And for two, um, that's also a somewhat disconnected process, right? Because what, in what way are they doing it? If they're doing it in blue beam, if we're doing it in a studio session, you're going to keep everybody involved in that process. So they know what's been in, they know what's been installed, yeah. they know what's where they can track everything. If you're doing it on a piece of paper with a pen, you got this big sheet of paper. Okay, cool. Even even if you got a. Uh, a what about in, what about in uh, something like Navisworks doing site logistics? Navisworks. I mean, it's a pain in the oh, butt to set yeah. up, right? Doing the timeliners yeah. and. Oh yeah, dude. If you can do the animations and everything, the simulations but, but in that the timeliner. That changes so like it changes so often. You have to go back and update everything, which is cool. Yeah. You got somebody skilled to make it happen. But how are you communicating that to everybody, and how yeah. often? Well. Are they looking at it and getting access to? do it that way yeah, i mean it's well, great for you know crane placements and all that stuff but yeah well i was gonna say it would be more of you got to make the viewer pretty simple and 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 you know um up front because they, they i don't want somebody um trying to figure out okay where's my pan where's my orbit all right how do i play this thing which part of the simulation am i in um, uh, do i drag the bar here I, I would I would rather say just give the people the information that they need like specifically and if we can do that with a, a PDF you know it's a uh, uh, 
let's say you take from the full construction set or the overall work package and break it down into discipline specific or individualized work packages, right? Um, and we're watching over those specific packages. We could take the data from that and then centralize it somewhere, you know, maybe in another Excel spreadsheet or what have you. Hey man, everybody loves Excel. Yeah. Um, right construction dorks they're trying to kill excel yeah, yeah. <laughs> no we just had a cool conversation about uh excel versus power bi yeah um but uh i'm a dinosaur when it comes to excel man i i uh you know i'm probably not as good as an estimator is at excel but you're talking about your uh, your v lookups your h lookups pivot tables and slicers and you know running macros creating macros dude i got you man i'm the guy <laughs> well, you know what's crazy is, dude, I've seen some of these awesome Excel spreadsheets, right? And and these people have all these micros and macros set up, and they're doing full estimation or full, like, um, process checking, tracking, things like that from these Excel spreadsheets. And, uh, and they're like, oh, well, we have people go in and update these. And I'm like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we could connect that to a PDF where when this is updated, you know, it's going to update this Excel spreadsheet. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Well, you can do that. Like that's a pretty that's an interesting kind of workflow that we think about it. If you're taking this, let's say Excel data and you're updating it even daily, then it's a pretty awesome process that um, that information can update for everybody. Which, I mean, typically you can go ahead and enter in, you know, scout through it, look through whatever you're doing, and then type in Excel or, like I said, connect it to a PDF and update these markups. You quantity link it in. You know, we can actually take that a step further. We can connect that Excel to Power BI. So every time yes, you're you publishing, uh, we'll set up dashboards for everybody. Okay, yeah. uh, uh, procurement needs to know that they got to order, you know, 53, you know, 100 square feet of this flooring. Mm -hmm. They got to order, you know, 36, you know, thousand freaking boards of gypsum, <laughs> you know, whatever, yeah, yeah. right? They, yeah. Um, they got valves. They got everything. I mean, you can symbolize everything from a markup. You can snapshot it if you got a symbol legend. You know, save those into the tool chest. And actually, what's funny is those tools can retain as much information with them as as you need them to. You start making those custom columns and saving those into your uh, tool sets, and then optimizing the cups, custom columns themselves. The co the the column kind of. I want to say the uh, organization, saving those into profiles and centralizing that information on your uh, projects or even pushing those tool sets and the columns, maybe, maybe not the columns, but the tool sets into, um, actually, you know what, package it, put it as a file attachment, put it right on your cover sheet of your of your session, make it downloadable, you know, give give everybody access to that information and when they're tracking it, when they're counting it, what have you. All that data is configuring, it's gathering in a centralized location again, and then you can spit it out. So we're talking about estimation at this point. And earlier you mentioned uh, assemble. Mm -hmm. um, what are you? What have you done so far with assemble and breaking apart models to get your, your oh, quantities dude, that stuff's and costs? That stuff is pretty cool. It honestly takes apart your entire like BIM 3D model. Um, so in this case, Revit. I used a Revit model and I pushed it up, and I could does, see. Does it all work with? Uh, AutoCAD models, or is it all just Revit models? So it, it, I haven't tested AutoCAD too much, honestly. Um, it's it's mainly all Revit, so that's where my experience is stemming from. Um, but with with Revit, I could see if I had, let's say, a, a 
I was saying asphalt, but uh, if I have asphalt, it'll give me the exact square footage, cubic feet, cubic yardage, uh, concrete, all of my switches, like these. As long as the uh, the family information is good, right, it'll break it down and it can track it. And, so it's looking at materials and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, dude. Which is well, another. we can do the same thing with AutoCAD. Yeah, that we can apply materials. Maybe I don't know. I, I, yeah, see, I, I haven't played enough in AutoCAD. Like, I mean, I know AutoCAD, AutoCAD architecture. You know, not as much. I guess storing information with your blocks and, and creating material libraries and things that would be very interesting to create those and see if we could pull that information. That's probably possible. I'm sure Autodesk has thought of it already, right? Yeah. <laughs> but you know, another big part of that, dude. I'm, I'm on this whole this whole spiel. But standardization again. If you're standardizing your element names, the family names, like what families we're using. If you can pull from the manufacturer, right, and have all that data in there, and then ask for, let's say, a standardized kind of, I don't want to say naming convention, yeah, standardized naming convention, things like that, across for those items involved in your project, whether it's site or logistics or well, uh, you know materials and stuff. Well, where that runs into hiccups though is so say you're um, Say you're a GC who was handed an architect's model. Uh, the architects and engineers have already created this model for you. Now you're taking this model to a solicitor. You're already too late. You're already too late. You don't know what standards and all that stuff. Your 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 design teams that are extra external to your company yep. kind of set those standards. So pretty much, unless you're working with the same team, you know, time after time, mm-hmm. um, you're going to have to either a, remodel it yourself, or B, you know, not remodel, but do a lot of cleanup, or B, uh-huh. um, figure out the, uh, you know, remapping everything inside of Assemble. Can I put up an option C? I guess. Okay, so option C here is uh, take that as one on the shoulder and or take that as one on the chin, right, and look forward and say, I don't want to do that again. So what I do is I look at these other designs, these other projects that I'm going to get involved with, and instead of waiting until the architect and the engineering teams hand me over this project, I'm going to get involved in the design and engineering project uh, at the beginning. It yes. depends, depends on the contract type and uh, when the owner – I mean, I get that. So but the architects, the architects assign before the GC more often than not, man. I mean, what are you going to do? That's true. You need to educate the owners and ask the owners, hey, if you want us to do this, the GC like, comes in later. Involved. So the GC needs to educate the owner, yes. Everybody needs to educate the owners, I think. <laughs> I think the problem is too many people not, are trying to educate the say, owners in their like, own their like, own uh, their own benefit, right? Oh yeah, you need this. You need this. And the owners are like, yeah, yeah. I guess we need this. And then well, you know Okay, let's let's say not educate screw somebody else. Educate. Well let's say not educate. No, educate the right let's guide them. Educate the word. Well, I think it's <laughs> I think it's guide, right? And um, I mean, well, guide. Yes. Guide. The difference between guiding and educating is you're educating, but in a polite manner. You're oh, <laughs> oh, um, you're helping them figure. Yeah, it out. it's like uh, yeah. you know, instead of saying, "Look, you need to learn it this way and do it this way," and here's why. Instead, you're saying, "Hey, Mr. Owner, uh, would you like to have this, this, and this?" Yeah. Well, here's what we need to do to make that happen. So there's, I mean, it's the same thing. You're just being polite about it. Well, and I think if we can start looking at, hey, if the owner realizes that the sooner I get the construction team involved in the process, like as soon as I get 
get them involved with the architecture team. Maybe instead of shopping around for an architect and then after everything wraps up shopping for a GC, I shop for an architect and a GC at the same time. Yeah. Well, I can ask, or I shop for a GC first and say, hey, guys, who have you worked with before? What architecture firms have you excelled with? What are your project timelines? What does everything look like? Yeah. How have you guys integrated your data, your your um, your projects? How early do you get involved in the process? What do your change orders look like? Dude, if you can if you can be an educated owner at that point and approach the GC and say, I want this, that's going to help your project go so much smoother. Well, it depends on contract types, design by right. build, okay. you know. <laughs> okay, you're right there. Yeah. Right, so how do we, how is the owner doing? Again, it comes down to educating the owner. Um, the owner has to have that education so that they can, you know, and it's going to definitely take a GC and an architect probably teaming up to get this out of the way. But what you should be looking at is rather than uh, the GC coming in and say, oh, we could do it this way, this way. Too often what's happening is, you know, especially the old mentality is, you know, the building gets designed, shelved for three years, they're, the owner's trying to, you know, figure out when's the best time. Then all of a sudden they get the money. They're like, okay, well, let's start, you know, uh, uh, getting bids. They hit up, you know, three GCs, for instance. Each GC okay. then takes those designs and goes to like, you know, 30 specialty contractors, three of each different, different discipline. Um, okay. And they get different bids. And then they take those bids and they put them all together um, to get their lowest bid. And then they each submit their bid in hopes that they're going to win this damn project. They came in way too late. Yeah. Yeah. Well, OK. So maybe here's another another kind of aspect or uh, thought process to this. Maybe um, we just take a club. We hit the mm -hmm. owner on the head, take his money <laughs> and then let the, and, and then give it to the GC and the architect. Say, no and say, Guys, let's just figure this out. Man. Let's just figure this out. I say let's let's start getting involved maybe in the, uh, the schematic or no, I'm sorry, conceptual. Let's get them involved yeah. in the conceptual design phase. Like that's oh, when that's I think, early, man. no, dude, you know what? No, I think that's perfect because if, once you have like this, the conceptual design and you're into schematic or design development, right? If you're, if they're involved in that process, the contractor themselves, let's say through BIM 360, right? They don't need to be involved much more than that or Bluebeam. Let's, let's get them Bluebeam. And if they can see how the design, how everything is developing and they can place markups and, and say, hey, maybe uh, can we do this? Or let's actually say we have tools in Bluebeam that you can you know, group together and save into the tool chest and they can say, we need this type of detail here. The draftsman at that point knows what to detail, knows how to detail or has a connection to a person who understands what they need in order to speed up the process, right? And at that point, I mean, the project you would think goes a lot smoother because once there's that connection and, and the drafting people, the engineering in, in this term, have that connection to the construction manager or what have you, um, I just think that it would be a lot better because they're not having to redo that work, right? Yeah. Not redoing that time and, it, and again in the process down into, um, I guess, when it, down into the flow of the construction process itself. Uh, the life of it, you're going to come across some different change orders and things like that because there could be inaccuracies or just not yeah. things that aren't as detailed or they're still waiting on people to detail things because they need it done a certain way. So that's why we start talking about things like IPD and concurrent engineering and all this stuff um, just to um, 
kind of curtail a lot of that stuff, get everybody involved sooner, everybody's got an equal stake, you know, all this stuff. But then at the end of the day, who's responsible for what? Oh, so and so messed up something in coordination. What does this mean for yep. this? Like, there's a lot, man. man. Got to be set. So much, yeah. Well, not just expectations, but uh, we are, yep. you know, you know, something was fabricated wrong because you coordinated incorrectly. Whose responsibility is that? Yeah. Who who burdens the? Is cost? that on the mechanical? Is that on the structural? Is that on the architectural? Is that on the? It's got to be. Yeah. <laughs> in that contract, and people <laughs> yeah, need to figure dude. it out, man. Yep. 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 Well, that's why I think BIM 360, another another hashtag BIM 360 there, I guess. I mean, it's not where it needs to be in terms of like coordination yet. I would say I'm very excited for the automatic clash detection, the issue creation, things like that, responsibility, you know, tracking all of that. Very cool. Um, but it still has a little bit of, of, of uh, room to grow, room to yeah. grow. There you go, man. Way to focus on the positive. Has, it's got hashtag positivity. Man. It's got potential. Uh, <laughs> No, I, I like BIM 360 coordinate. I'm a fan, um, if only for simple viewing for other people that are in the project, yeah. right? It gives them a snapshot. They don't have to worry about shit. And being able to assign issues. To me, that's huge. I put Although, the onus on your ass. Being able to create issues in the Navisworks desktop model, you know, if you can use glue, right, and create that federated model, being able to create issues and assign tasks through BIM 360 that way, that's a pretty, it's a pretty awesome workflow as well. Yeah, I was a big fan of glue and field, the old the old workflows. Uh, that said, new glue is coming along quite well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, or new new glue, new coordinates come along pr- quite well. Um, there again, it does have some kinks to work out, but as they further integrate Navisworks, so so the way the new platform works for anybody that isn't familiar with BIM 360, the old platform had desktop applications that would and and plugins that would you know, sit right inside of your, your applications. There was literally a Navisworks application called BIM 360, Navisworks for BIM 360. What it did is it actually pulled your BIM 360 license. The first thing it asked you to do is, you know, log into your account, sign into BIM 360, choose a project you're working on, pulls the data locally. Um, and it's, you know, pretty well embedded with uh, uh, BIM 360. And it's Navisworks, so it's very powerful, right? We, we live and die in Navisworks in the construction realm. Um, that said, as you get out of that and into the new version, it's like, okay, so now I save it to this desktop location. Yep. It's kind of disconnected. Um, I can't create things and push them up. I have to save it. And then if somebody makes – like it's it's so disconnected. Like I'm not, yep. not doing it the same way. That said, this new issues tool is phenomenal. Like as, as it – develops we're going to get more functionality and i'm looking forward to when they bring it to revit too oh yeah 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 imagine getting uh, notified of a design issue while you're inside of revit like you oh, sign yeah, your account well, that's what i'm saying that's what i want to see honestly I, the issues and the responsibilities i want to see that tied to the design program itself Woo. yeah voodoo ranger yeah. ipa yeah i had their 1984 the other day this is uh Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's different. I don't get the juice so much. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I get some something bitter that's not the hops. Bitter in a good way, though. It's not bad. It's just like, oh wow, like that's not what I was thinking. But uh, it's good. This is a uh, probably the best one to end on. So I'm on my third beer. 
half of the last feather rye. I let it sit on ice for a little while, finished my beer. I actually like it. I prefer like uh, I prefer it on ice, and then when the ice melts, it's, uh, it's pretty awesome right at that point. It's either right there or when the cubes are getting a little bit smaller. Love it, letting it sit in that king cube especially. If you get a king cube, I'll let it sit in there for a little bit and just kind of, you know. Uh, What's the king cube? So uh, the king cube, you get a big big ice cube or a big round ball. <laughs> okay, yeah, my, we talked about this before. Yeah. yeah, yeah. One of my buddies has the uh, the Star Destroyer or the uh, – oh, gosh. The uh, Star Death Destroyer. Star. Well, I mean that's what it is. Death yeah, it's Star. Death Star. Death Star. Yeah. So mine is just a black circle. It's a uh, you pull apart. I never knew they were called king cubes, but it's just a big round ice cube. But um, I fill it in, and uh, it doesn't have the divot on top. But when I pull it open, you know you can't fill it all the way. It's too hard to fill all the way. Yeah. So there's always a divot on top, and it looks yeah, like perfect. the star. star. Yeah. All, every yeah, time. Heck yeah. <laughs> heck yeah. It's packed away in a tote somewhere. I don't use it because um, I've got some whiskey stones. Uh, mm. They don't. They don't cool it as much as ice, but okay. they don't water it down either. Some whiskeys I want water down, some I don't. So I just pick and choose. Yeah. That said, man, last week we were talking about this, uh, or maybe it was offline, but I was talking about like smoking some water to make ice cubes. Oh, yeah, that was a good idea. Yeah. That was a good idea. Smoke some water and then make ice cubes with that dude. That was uh, like, okay, yeah. I want to try that. Yeah, yeah I was thinking of my like, next old fashioned right there. Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, I've got this jar of candy lemons. I'm freaking, they make bomb-ass <laughs> freaking old fashions uh, instead of using orange. Um, but, uh, yeah, so next next go around, I plan on probably uh, next week I'll do an old-fashioned. I'm going to yeah. smoke some water. I, I should have done it freaking yesterday. I ran my smoker. I smoked a bunch of chicken, and uh, I actually smoked some uh, tomatoes and jalapenos and onions and made some smoked salsa. salsa. I uh Smoke some potatoes. I smoked everything, man. I was on like, it, dude. Yeah. Fill this. Well, I figure if I gotta run my smoker, it's gotta be full, man. It's yep. gotta be full. I'm I'm down for that. Yep. Fill it up. Fill it up. Looking forward to it. So uh, this weekend I'll probably uh, run the smoker uh, again. Smoke a bunch more stuff uh, yep. while I'm out there brewing some beer. I'll uh, put a tin of uh, water in there and then we'll refrigerate it and make or freeze it and make some ice cubes. So. Heck yeah, so, yeah. dude. Sounds like a good time. Yeah, yeah, man. All right. Well, thank you again for having me, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for joining having us, everybody. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Before we go, man, tell everybody why you're wearing this G pad. Oh, my G pad, dude. Yeah, so special occasion. Um, I've been looking for this like perfect Jeep for the past few months. They I'm don't exist. For- they do not exist. They're like the unicorns, right? <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, I gotta get this Jeep Rubicon. I want the uh, 4.1 Smart Track. I want the off-road, like 4.10 gear ratio. The Dana 44 in the front Dave, and in the Dave rear. Dave does rock rock crawling on the side. It's uh, a big passion. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, right. How flat uh, is Indiana? Oh, so flat, dude. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but so I was I was spending six months looking for this perfect Jeep. And uh, I knew what I wanted to spend. And the other day, I'm on this website just kind of looking around, and I'm like, man, I wonder about those new Jeep trucks, the Gladiator. Like, that's those are pretty cool. So, so pretty, man. They're so cool, so cool. So I looked it up, and turns out I had the cheapest one in the country 
that was ordered at this time, and I did my research. My I did I it got was, so many different. It was websites. hot pink, but it fits Dave's lifestyle. So. <laughs> right? Yes. I got the Barbie truck out. No, Woo! actually, it's a uh, Sting Gray. Ooh. It's Sting Gray. And, I don't know uh, what gray that is, but it sounds cool. It almost looks like a stingray, kind of. It's like an uh, actually, it reminded me of a great white shark, like the gray that they have on them. Oh. So I came up with two names for my uh, Jeep truck so far. Got a name. And I, I got to name it. Yes. Yeah, so it's uh, because I have kids. My first thought was Barry, uh, the great white shark from Shark Tales, who's uh, it was Jack Black. And it's funny because I thought, you know, the Gladiator. It's always it's funny, but my sister has a Wrangler. My, my my best friend, J.D., he has a Wrangler. A lot of people I know, they're like, that is not a Jeep. That's not a Jeep. It doesn't fit in. It's so much better than a Jeep. Sorry, guys. <laughs> like, I, am, I am so excited about this Jeep, and I am well – I am so excited to be like the uh, like the uh, the ugly duck there. I don't even care. You, you, should, name your, you should name your um... – Jeep Maximus. Dude, that's exactly that was my second name. That's so funny. Yes. Maximus Aurelius. Oh yes, dude. My favorite movie of all time. I love epics, man. Russell Crowe. He might be a shitty person in real life, or I don't know. It's whatever the tabloids say, I guess. Whatever. But uh, that movie. My favorite actors. That movie is is legit badass. Yeah. Dude, top three. It's got to be Gladiator. I I like Noah, but Les Mis, dude. Les Mis. Oh. I love that movie. Uh, okay. Ah, uh, well, all right. Nah, all right. I liked it. <laughs> um, all right, all right. <laughs> um, my, you know, every girl is a big uh, fan of um, uh, Wolverine, blanking on his name. Oh, Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Hugh Jackman, yeah. Uh, my wife loves, loves, um, uh, dang it, what's the new movie? The new musical he did like last year or two. It was about two oh, years oh, ago. Oh, Greatest Showman. Greatest Showman. Loves that movie. But anyways, uh, she, we went and saw Blade Miz years ago on a date. Um, she loves it. It's a great movie. Yeah, it was a good movie. I'm not going to yeah. knock it. It was a good movie. I'm into musicals uh, a little bit. Oh, me too, man. We uh, we do probably, before we left Oregon, we were doing three or four musicals a year. We'd go, when we lived in Texas, we'd go to you know different theaters in Dallas and Fort Worth. Yeah. Um, my wife's she's a, a choir kid, you know. Got a she was doing uh, musicals in school and all that stuff, so she's obsessed. Have you watched Hamilton yet on Disney Plus? I have not watched Hamilton yet. No. Dude, that movie. Uh, David Diggs is so like they play some of them play multiple characters in the show. Yeah. Uh, David Diggs does. Um. Uh. Um. Uh. Lafayette. Marquis de uh-huh. Lafayette at yeah. the beginning, and then in the second part he plays Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. His Jefferson is the it it makes the movie between yeah. him and uh, uh, the guy that plays the king. The guy that plays the king does the voice in Frozen for um, uh, Kristoff. Oh, okay. Kristoff's yeah. my dude. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like between those two, that movie's uh, that yeah. is awesome. Yeah. All right. Yeah, definitely. Like before, I, my wife was like, "Yeah, let's go see uh, Hamilton," and I'm like, "Dude, tickets for like six hundred, six eight hundred bucks. We ain't going. Sorry, babe, I love you, but <laughs> you know, uh, student loans, yeah. uh, kids' college tuitions, all this, just put it, put it aside. Just put it yep. aside. Two fifty, two fifty. We Joey, can go. Joey needs a new Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Joey's still paying off his Beamer. <laughs> oh. Yeah, one day I'll get a yeah. new Jeep. 
Can, I, yeah. I love that. Those gladiators. My neighbor down the street's got one. And every time I drive, I'm like, oh, that's beautiful. Dude. His is like super decked out. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, uh, now I'm like looking at him like, you know, if I could find tickets for 600 bucks, you know, maybe it'd be worth it if I saw for 600 bucks. Like, <laughs> was, it just wears on the, you over time. Oh, yep. my God. It's so good. Yep. I think we've watched it twice so far. Um, so Disney Plus, you owe us some money. Uh Right there, you go. Uh, Lin Manuel, you need our you know podcast sponsorships. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, no, but anyways, man, they're 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 great. I'm a big fan. Lin Manuel, yeah. like I was watching uh, the drunk history he did, drunk history oh, episode. Yeah, that was funny. Oh, I, it was great. He's good. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, talented people all around. Um, that said, Bim and stuff. Bim and stuff. Bim and stuff. There's a shirt for you, man. Bim and yeah. stuff and stuff there you go all right guys we'll tune in next time to another episode of brewing with bim yeah hopefully we'll have um eye constructor or maybe in the next few episodes there you go yeah all right man well stay thirsty my friend 